Buon pomeriggio tutti. Welcome back to Kimberly's Italy, a podcast about our love of all things Italiano. My name is Kimberly Holcomb, and I'm here with. <laughs> You're here with yourself. I'm here with myself. <laughs> I'm here with Tommaso, and he's here with me. Yes. And we're both still carrying this gnarly cold. I'm really sorry. We thought we'd sound better by today, and we don't. I think we sound worse. I think we're working through it. Have been for several days. A week at least. It was last last recording that I said, wow, I sound bad, and so do you, and we still do, and there's that. Anyway. You go through Napoli and Rome and flying across the Atlantic and come back here, and we go to Boston for one day and come back and get sick. That's right. On the road to recovery. Okay, Tommaso, please give us the big news first. 109 countries now. That's amazing. And, And as we've said before, it's hard for you to sift through the analytics and find that new country. Right. But when you do, can you share it with us? Well, I probably won't, but I do look for anomalies every day, like for big downloads. If someone downloads over 40 episodes in a day, I get a little tick. And basically, I can't tell who it is, obviously, but I just know someone in a certain city downloads a bunch of episodes. And someone in Aruba downloaded 42 episodes. So that was either an Aruban or someone sitting on a beach, as I have been a couple times down there windsurfing, thinking about their next vacation. To Bella Italia. To Bella Italia. Well, anyway, 109 countries. I think that's amazing. We were stuck at 107 for like three or four weeks. Yes. And, and now 109. And if anyone else out there who produces a podcast is listening to this, I have a hint for you. During an election week in the United <laughs> States, take the week off. <laughs> <laughs> because your download is going to go, unless it's politically based, and there's right. a, way too many of those out there, your your episodes are going to go off the table. You're like, <laughs> is anyone out there? Did the world leave me? Right. Because as you know, we we changed our launch date to Wednesdays to make our life a little easier. And so last Wednesday was the night after our midterm elections and Nobody radio had an interest silence. In radio silence. <laughs> Running silent, running deep. (laughs) Okay. So before we start, just want to say quickly that I went on to Apple Reviews and saw a new one from Marnie R., who obviously I remember them well. And I'm very touched to hear they're still so happy about that trip they took to Lake Como so many years ago. And I think there's another one coming up in their near future. And while I was on the review page, I saw that really funny review from Katie, WD is her name, who got married this past month, last October in Italy. And her review from months ago was something like, I'm obsessed and I have been forever since you started because I've been planning my wedding for a year and a half to an Italian and all my family from all over America is coming. And that's why I listened to your podcast to help plan things that her visiting family could do. So Katie. How'd it go? So now we're wedding planners too? (laughs) No, 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 no. All of her friends that visited for the wedding. I understand. But anyway, so I want to know how it went. And it was in October and I do know the weather was amazing because I was there. So, Aguri, congratulations to you and your new marito, your new husband. Congratulations, Katie. (laughs) Allora, as you know, I did a quick 10-day trip to Rome 
then south to the islands and back up to Rome. And it all came about because I have a friend here who went to Rhode Island School of Design and she's still friends with her group from there. And she mentioned to them, I occasionally escort small groups of people to Italy. Next thing you know, they were all in. I gave them a few options of where to go, different ideas, different regions, et cetera. But in the end, because of their kind of art background, they chose Rome, but they also all lived on the water. And so they wanted to see islands in Italy. And we did. And they were incredible. Just amazing. But let me start in Rome. So as usual, with a small group, and especially all women, funny stuff is bound to happen, right? And it did. One woman lost her phone on day one. I kid you not. I did find it about a half hour later, but we'll get into that that story Tomasa later. Tomasa would have been rolling his eyes from day one. <laughs> no. It was fun. It was great. They were a good group. And as you know, from my last year's two back-to-back kitten clubs, as I called them, I give everyone an Italian name. And in this group, there were Carlotta, Lucia, Amelia, Alessandra, but her name morphed into Andiamo. It's a long story. <laughs> Andy for short. <laughs> Rosario and Elisabetta. And I remain a Kappa. Boss lady. <laughs> Kappa with a K. <laughs> so we arrived in Rome too early, obviously, from our flight from the United States to check into the palazzo that they stayed in, the same place that you were in last year, Tommaso. So we dropped their bags off at the other property and went to lunch in that beautiful neighborhood. And I have to say, it was baking hot. So we went inside, we chose to sit inside, and it seemed like the perfect idea to have a cool drink at noon. It was like quarter of noon, early for lunch in in Rome. And uh, yeah, Aperol spritz for most of us, a couple white wines. We shared salads and pastas. It was delicious. And I have to say, it was at this very first lunch, the very first day that that Banya report I mentioned in last week's episode began to take shape. <laughs> day one, right? And this bathroom in this nice restaurant had this very tight squeeze. You had you had to actually go in one door, close it behind you, and there were narrow little doors. You had to turn sideways, open the next door, close it behind you to finally get into this like wedge-shaped bathroom. Three doors, in and out. It was crazy, and it was disgust. The concept of the Banya report hadn't really formed yet, but that was what started it. That lunch's first discussion of well, that's an odd bathroom. <laughs> Baño Uno. <laughs> yes, Baño Uno. So also the group that stayed in the Palazzo, there was just four, um, two rooms left, I should say, for two women each. So the three of us, Carlota, Lucia, and I rented an Airbnb. And that was my first experience of an Airbnb in Rome. And we got lucky. I found this place that had just been converted, renovated in July. I booked it mid-July. So it was brand spanking new, very contemporary in an old building with a very funky elevator. One of those graded, you know, funny, funny elevators. Like, is it going to really make it each time? It did. So that's good. But it was an awesome experience. And I only use Superhost. Also, I choose a place where 
someone physically meets you. None of this keyless entry and never meeting anyone. I want a name, I want a face, and I want a number. And Marco came and he was really nice. It was a fantastic experience. It was about 10 minute walk from the Palazzo, from the Spanish Steps neighborhood where the Palazzo is. So the three of us took our little uh, carry-on luggage and walked up the Spanish steps after our lunch with the funny bathroom and the Aperol spritzes. And I will say that walking up those various flights of steps outside in the heat after an Aperol spritz, we're like... (sighs) After after a transatlantic flight. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. And there's that. And there's that. (laughs) So it was huffing and puffing, but it was a good entry. It was Lucia's very first time to Italy. And of course, she's heard of the Spanish steps. And she's like, I've heard of them. And now I know them physically, personally. (laughs) And it was hot. It all worked out perfectly. So we reconvened later on. And the plan was we were all going to the Pantheon. And the girls had purchased tickets online weeks earlier here from the States, because I emphasized to them in one of our Zoom calls, how mind-blowingly beautiful the Pantheon is. And it should. they asked, what are the things that we definitely should do in Rome? And so that was the top of my list. And I say this also because last year I was in Rome, October and November with the two different groups. Every time I tried to go into the Pantheon, the line was so long. And we were lucky last fall in that there weren't a lot of crowds right? or there weren't a lot of tourists, but the ones that were there were at the Pantheon. We're at the Pantheon. So I suggested they buy tickets in advance. They did, and we went. Okay, so we all walked there. Now, let me just say, the Pantheon is always open. The only days it's closed are Christmas, New Year's, and Faragosta, August 15th. And they suggest reservations for Saturday and Sundays. And we were there on a Saturday, but they close at 7 p.m. Last entry, 6.30. I know this, right? Everybody knows it. We get there, got our little tickets on Carlota's phone, and we turn the corner. I was like, wow, no one's in line. (laughs) This is amazing. But the thing is, the tickets that we purchased allow you to get in kind of like skip the line concept but it's not at a specific time. It says so on the ticket. This is not for a specific time, but you have the right to go in and we paid. Normally it's free. So we turned the corner, no one in line. I was like, oh, it's our lucky day. So I get uh, Carlota's phone from her and show the man who was standing at the entrance with no people in line. And I showed it to him and he literally looks at me and goes, siete in Ritardo, siamo chiusi. That means you're late, we're closed. I was like, what? What do you mean you're closed? It's five minutes after four. You never close. You close at seven. Like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, he just looked at me and his reply was something like, not today, lady. Like, along those lines, I was like, what? So right then and there, I decided to completely change tactic and I said in my best Italian, Dio mio, oh my God, I had no idea you were closing early today. It's totally my fault. We bought these tickets 
weeks ago back in the States, and I convinced everyone here that they had to see the inside of the Pantheon. It's my favorite building in my favorite city. Oh my God, I feel so horrible. We came here for this. And he looks at me and goes, Babene, andate, go, go, go. So he let us in. And I will say, this man was molto bello, very good looking, very young. And I thought, there's no way I could flirt my way out of this. I just have to take complete blame. And I did. And it worked. You couldn't flirt your way out of it? No. no. I was like 30 years older than you. <laughs> American, the new movie next year, American Cougar Goes to Rome. <laughs> Oh, that was good. Anyways, it worked. We got in. And guess what? Because it was closed early, there was hardly anyone in there. And you know, this may sound a bit over the top, but for those of you who have also been lucky enough to stand inside the Pantheon without many other people, it is really an unbelievable interior, unbelievable space. It's basically just architecture, but it moves people so much. You feel like this calm and wonder and amazement, truly an incredible place. Well, the feat of engineering from 2000 years ago of an unsupported concrete dome is just, and it's still standing, is astounding. And beautiful and, to and, boot. And beautiful to boot, yes. It really is a I'm sorry to use the word again, but it's really a magical place. And next time you will get in, we'll buy the tickets and we'll go at, you know, two o'clock in case they close at three that day. Or you could just go play Cougar with the young guy at the front end again. <laughs> okay. All right. And then just to finish up with the Pantheon, of course, the sun popped out and the light came streaming through the open dome and everyone just was speechless for a minute. And then you hear, Click, click. Everyone's phones, you know, taking pictures, mine included, video, everything. It was just awesome. So after that, we all went back to our respective places to shower and regroup for dinner for their first official night. And keep in mind, it was Lucia's very first time to Italy. I wanted it to be memorable, and it was. However, earlier in the day, I think it was at lunch, they all asked me, hey, could we have dinner a little earlier, you know, tonight because we've been up so long? No. Uh, no. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing you don't do in Italy. Well, when mm. in Rome, and we, I made an early reservation for eight o'clock. You can't go at seven o'clock. It's just not happening yet, no. you know? And the guys are just getting ready. So no, we went at eight to my favorite place. And as I have mentioned before, I just keep some of these places to myself. And it is a family run gem. And it's not just the owners that make it so special. It is them, but it's their waiters and their cooks and their busboy and everyone that works there and the, the family themselves. It is such a special place. And if I gave the name out on each episode that I bring it up, we'd have a, people from 109 countries now knocking on their door saying, hey, I'm a friend of Kimberly's. <laughs> Give me that great table she always talks about. It was an epic dinner. And yes, it started at eight. We left at midnight. Course after course came out, bottle after bottle, just 
the most lovely experience. I feel very special to have a good friendship with them. We all slept like babies till 8 a.m. the next morning, and we were ready to take on Rome. And that is when Rosario left her phone in the coffee bar that first morning. I took them all to that amazing coffee bar I have mentioned before, Antonio Canova's old sculpture studio. You recall, Tommaso. Yes, been there. Wonderful place. Exactly. And the point was, I showed them all how to order the proper way by going to the casa to pay for the cappuccino, the brioche, whatever you're going to have. Get your little uh, receipt, take it to the barista, give them your receipt and receive your goods. Showed everyone that. We had our cappuccino and Lucia for her first day, first official day, I should say, first official morning, had her first real cappuccino at a good place, right? I love, love watching someone. She's holding it with one hand. She puts it to her lips. She closes her eyes. You can see the taste going down her throat. Then her head lifts up a little bit, eyes still closed, and then the smile comes. Yes, it's, and you're like, isn't so, that the best? It's so un-Starbucks. <laughs> right, but it's just the best experience. And to be standing in that beautiful, beautiful interior. Mm-hmm. So we had this lovely little start to our day. And then the goal was to stop at the pharmacia, the pharmacy, because Rosaria had a very bad cold that she picked up in Copenhagen where she and Elisabetta had been the week before. So I took them to that lovely pharmacia in Rome where we had our rapid tests last year. They Mm -hmm. were so friendly and so beautiful inside. Mm -hmm. Our rapid tests were outside in a tent. Yes. (laughs) It's a lovely space. And we went in and like all pharmacias, someone is going to speak English You explain what the problem is, and they give you their meds. They have different names, but you just believe them. And so we bought a load, went back to the Palazzo, and the goal was that Rosario is just going to like down a bunch of meds. We gather our stuff and go. And we were taking the metro to the Baths of Caracalla. So I was just sitting in the sala waiting for everyone to take whatever meds they're going to take and get ready to go. And all of a sudden, I hear Rosaria's voice go, where's my phone? (laughs) I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Bummer day one. (laughs) It's 10, 15 in the morning and you've lost your phone on official day one. So I was like, non c'è problema, I'll be right back. So I go to the pharmacia first, it was closest, no phone, nothing. They said, if they find it, they'll, you know, they'll put it aside, come back. Okay, so then I go down the street to Antonio Canova, walk in there, and the whole gang's like, ciao, un altro. I was like, yeah, okay, I could have a quickie. Um, I was like, well, actually, one of the women I was with left their phone, lost their phone her phone. And they were like, oh, Dio mio, no, no, no. Looking around, looking on the floor, looking on like the side little bars where you stand off to the side, looked everywhere. Niente, non lo vedo. It's not there. I was like, oh, what a bummer. So the sweet little woman that worked at the register said, just, you know, give me your mobile number. And if we find it or someone turns it in or whatnot, I'll call you. I was like, great. So we walked to the cast register, 
for her to get a pen to write down my number. And at the same moment, we turned toward the cash register underneath that massive sculpture of that saint. And there, stuck between the sculpture's two feet, is her brand new iPhone with a blue cover. I was like, <laughs> what? And so the woman from that works there, she looks at it, she bursts out laughing. And she's like, key. Well, in, in Italian, but she wrote, she said, who would ever think to put their phone in between his feet? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know, but thank goodness we found it. So that was that. They all basically clapped. I had one other quick cappuccino. Went back, handed the phone over to Rosaria, huge smile on her face, and off we went. And we did take a metro. Like I said, uh, the night before is first time I'd ever stayed in Airbnb in Rome. Well, the next day was the first time I ever, ever took the metro in Rome because normally I just walk. But the thing is, these Terme di Caracalla, the baths of Caracalla, are far from the city center. So it would be a nice, long, long, lovely walk or a taxi ride. But taxi, you know, it's so crowded on Saturdays and or that was a Sunday, I should say. So I said, let's take the metro. Down and down and down you go. Very long to get deep enough where the metro is not, you know, running in when they would dig it. To right. Not running into other Roman ruins. So metro ride, we got off at the stop of um, Circus Maximus. I loved that. It's like, it's a lot prettier sounding than like Fulton Street in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> so we got off at Circus Maximus, walked up the road. And so there's the ruins of Circus Maximus on one side and behind you. Then you can see the ruins of Terme di Caracalla ahead of you. And this was on, you know, 200 year, 2000 years ago on the new road, Via Nova. And it's just all I could think of was how magnificent all this must have been so long, long ago, because these ruins, these baths, the Circus Maximus, everything was so grand, so large. So it was impressive, even though just ruins as we're walking up to it. And the history of Terme di Caracalla goes way back to 200 or 210 AD. And these public baths were commissioned and begun by Emperor Septimus Severus in 2006 AD. However, he died and the build was finished under his son's rule, who was Marcus Aurelius. Yet Marcus Aurelius's other name at the time, like a nickname, was Caracalla. Hence, he named these baths after himself. Isn't that interesting? And you know what's funny? Marcus Aurelius, Augustus, everyone, all the main rulers of Rome kept giving themselves names, more names, new names, nicknames, you name it, just and more and more grandiose. And there were, out of the seven main emperors of Rome, five of them gave themselves the name Cesare, Caesar. Okay, so I'm going to call the studio, Studio Tommaso Cesare. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can you add a spa in here? <laughs> We have a nice bath. <laughs> That's true, we do. Okay, so I forgot to mention that I, in all my travels to Rome, all my visits to Rome, I had never in my entire life been to Terme di Caracalla. So it was my first time and I was very, very excited. 
So we had purchased our tickets previously as well. And as we walked into the rooms, I noticed that there weren't that many other tourists. And so that always makes me happy, just like the day before. There's no one in line at the Pantheon. Same here, there weren't that many tourists, but I quickly realized it's because it was baking hot. It was 85 plus degrees, sunny, sun's blasting down, and all of a sudden, after our you know, hustle on the Metro, then the long-ish walk from Circus Maximus to here, I was like, <laughs> no one's here. I was like, oh, well, I'm actually excited because you could start to see everything as you got closer. And I thought, oh, we're so lucky again to have not that many people here at the moment. And keep in mind, this was the busiest travel year ever. So we get to the Bass of Caracalla, hardly anyone there. And then you enter and I was just mesmerized as was everyone. But first, let me tell you, the concept of these bass were that they were for everyone, noblemen, commoners, even slaves, which I think is a very open-minded outlook for 210 AD. And the use was multifaceted, a place to bathe primarily, but also to gather and to socialize and feel pampered because no expense was spared building these structures. And there were three main massive, massive bath chambers, like 120, 130 foot tall walls and a glass ceiling over it. And one was the cold bath, one was the hot room, and one was like lukewarm or tepid. And there were also very, very large open-air swimming pools, like as large as an Olympic-sized pool now. But keep in mind, everything was ornamental and decorated, and elaborate gardens in the open-air space with sculptures and so much fresh air, greens, gardens, sculptures, artwork, everything. And as I mentioned earlier, everyone on this trip was and or are, I should say, still artists, artist types. You know, they all went to RISD. And Carlota herself studied textiles. All of us standing there looking at the what's left, what you can still see of these mosaic tiles on the floor in these incredibly contemporary designs. They were the floors of the baths. These huge, massive baths were those baths clear, completely clear water? I don't know. But the bottom of every single one of these baths were covered with this incredibly intricate, perfectly done one-inch, half-inch tiles made into black and white primarily, some dark red and a dark green Italian colors. And just contemporary in design and all different. And we were just completely absorbed at looking at these and couldn't imagine how incredible it must have looked. And that was just the floors. All the walls had been covered in marble or frescoes or mosaic tile designs. All of that is long gone, sadly. But they had a lot of placards around in each space that you went that described in detail everything that you were seeing. And then they had some renderings to show you how opulent everything was. It was like a palace, but yet open for everyone. 
And I can't tell you how contemporary that design was. I think it was an episode pretty recently. Yes, it was. We were talking about Ravenna and all the mosaic tiles there. And I said how contemporary the designs were then. It's like Italians have had contemporary design in their DNA forever. Sure. And as I was looking at these, what remains of these floors, I was thinking like, next kitchen or bathroom renovation, I would totally, totally copy the contemporary designs. I haven't showed you all the photos yet. Oh, good. Well, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Be kind of nice. We were all totally engrossed in this place, the mass of the interiors, and to think about the artwork and the craftsmanship that went into every single inch of it. And it was apparently the most lavish and opulent place in Rome's empire. Sadly, Unfortunately, it was only used until the 6th century because, why? Greedy warmongers reared their ugly heads once again. And in 537 AD, the Ostrogoths destroyed the main aqueduct that fed all the terme caracalla, all the baths, with water. And they sieged the city and destroyed the aqueduct. And... Are you looking at me to like ask who were the Ostrogoths? I've heard of the Visigoths, but not the Ostrogoths. The Ostrogoths, a Germanic tribe. And I didn't really look it up. I didn't quite have the time because I wasn't feeling so good yesterday. But I will say that that word, Goths, I wonder if their attire in the 5th and 6th century AD had anything to do with... Well, they're pretty dark people. Remember, for the last decade, there's been kids, young people. Like I said, dark people. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, okay. So after this siege from the Ostrogoths, the baths fell into dire conditions due to that, as long as a few earthquakes. And then during the Renaissance, this part's very sad, all the marble, all the ornamental decorations, the sculptures, everything stolen or quote unquote taken for private collections and the papacy. You know that they have that reputation. The years, Pope is a thief. Years and years and years ago, thousands of years ago, they kind of just gathered their arms around the best of the best and took it in. That's the story, and it is written on these placards describing what did happen to all the decorations and sculptures in this what had been one of the most incredible places and the most opulent complex in Rome. When you left there, all you could think of was what a stunning place it must have been. And most importantly, it was for every single Roman, slave, poor man, wealthy man, you name it, it was for all. And that alone was the best part. We all loved it and we would have stayed hours longer, but we had to meet one of the women, one of the kittens who didn't join us at the Caracalla, um, but we met up with her at Basilica San Clemente that we discussed in a previous episode, the Basilica with three different layers of history. So in the end, it was a grand day. It was a perfect day, to be honest. And I highly, highly recommend not doing what I did, not going to the Baths of Caracalla for the first 20 visits of my life, but definitely go. And my travel tip to you would be... Don't lose your phone. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Catacala. <laughs> go when it's hot or go super early in the morning because it is far out of the city center 
as I mentioned. So be there first thing or first thing when it's really warm, just like we were lucky. Just try to be able to see it by yourself or with the least amount of people because I think that was the beauty of it. By hardly any visitors there, we just felt the mass and the scale of it. Was it was it full of water when you were there? No. No. No water. Okay. So that's that. And I want to say, I can't wait for our next episode because I finally get to share with you guys the fact that I got to do the three-hour Vespa ride that I've mentioned before. I've had several clients uh, I've sent to this Vespa company. You sit behind a local Roman who speaks English and other languages, I have to say, and gives you a history tour and an interesting history tour. So the last two times I was there, October and November of last year, part of my groups went and I didn't get to go. But this time I did. And six of us went and it was da morire, incredibile, absolutely perfecto. For those of you who don't know, da morire means to die for. Yes. And they say it in a good way. We don't really say it. We don't really say that here that much. Oh, Oh, I would die for that. You know, but in in Italian, it sounds great. Da morire. Well, it's like Chris saying, I I could murder a beer. Right. (laughs) That's our British friend. The pilot that you're going to fly with when you win the lottery. Yes. Finally, a big thank you to all the people that have listened to me go on and on and on and recommend over and over to plan early for your 2023 trip. And I say that because I now have several new clients who took heed And they will be very, very happy that they have fantastic accommodations in all the best places for their upcoming vacation. So if you're doing it on your own, planning on your own, my travel tip to you is start now. Start like as soon as we say ciao, ciao. Yes. Which is right now. So grazie mille tutti. Next week, we'll be back with the Vespa tour and some other fantastic things. Update on the Banya report and more fantastic meals. Oh, wait till you hear about what we had in Trastevere. Okay. Va bene, ci vediamo la settimana prossima. And next week, act two of Cougar Goes to Rome. Stop it. <laughs> ciao, ciao. <laughs> ciao, ciao.